0: John chapter ten. It's amazing. I taught John a few years back, and and I have all my notes from from the book of John, all of them, and and I just uh, as I as I'm preparing for this for for the as I'm reading it again, I can't even use any of it. I, it's just so fresh at a different angle, and I'm just quite excited uh, as we as we uh, read together and as we explore together the greatness of, of the Lord and, and just how, how wonderful he is, how great he is. So last week, we looked at Jesus in chapter 10 as the good shepherd. And we looked at, uh, at I have come that they might have life and that they may have it more abundantly. And we looked at the importance of the, the illustration that Jesus gave of a shepherd, it might not make a lot of sense to us in our day and age, but it made a lot of sense to them. A shepherd was uh, someone that they would see all the time. And he, this shepherd, uh, was a, became a symbol of God's care. We looked at the fact that uh, Jesus is portrayed as the good shepherd and that we are portrayed as the sheep know that the lord he is god it is he who has made us and not we ourselves and we are his people the sheep of his pasture and we looked at as sheep just like in the world we live in uh um, we are vulnerable to certain dangers the the sheep in israel were vulnerable to bears they were uh lions they were vulnerable to even hyenas and and, um, and we saw that whenever uh, the vulnerability is not just from these aggressive, but the vulnerability was also from those that seemed to look nice, but they weren't. We looked at uh, a bad boyfriend. These guys that sort of court you, they give you flowers. And the next thing you know, these guys, they just turned around and they become Satan themselves. And we looked at uh, the Madoff scandal and this man who, who was... Um, Uh, exhibited traits of charm, trustworthiness, and a strong reputation, and he cultivated an air of exclusivity, creating a sense of privilege for his clients. A facade contributed to the success of his fraudulent scheme as investors were lured in by the promise of high returns. He was so nice, and yet he was ripping everybody off. And we look, but Jesus... We read that one solitary life of this great Jesus that takes care of us. He is genuine. He loves us. And the number one sign was, I lay my life for my sheep. The good shepherd, he doesn't come to take, he comes to give. He serves the sheep. And we saw different um, illustrations, the 9-11 attacks. We looked at Welles Crowder and, um, and, and this this fireman that kept going in for more to rescue and eventually one of the towers collapsed on him. We looked at Flight 93 and Todd Beamer who, who actually just broke into the cabin and, and crashed the plane into a field to save people's lives. Jesus gave himself. We notice the gentle way in which he manage, uh, manages the sheep. He's personally interested in them. He knows them by name. He leads them, doesn't drive them. He goes before them as an example. And then we left. We didn't have enough time to finish, but, uh, and that's what we're going to do today. Uh, but he also, he speaks to his sheep. Jesus says, for they hear, the, the sheep, they hear his voice. Verse three, for they know his voice. Verse four, they will hear my voice, says Jesus. Verse 16, my sheep hear my voice. Verse 27, and they follow me. The voice of Jesus, the voice of God. No doubt as the good shepherd, it is a voice of love. No doubt as a good shepherd, It is the voice of grace he draws us he doesn't push he draws us to himself no doubt it is a great it is a voice of mercy but we must be careful sometimes because it is love it is grace it is mercy but sometimes love grace and mercy doesn't necessarily sound like we think sometimes the the voice of love might be majestic And full of authority. Sometimes that voice might come with a tenderness. But sometimes it might come powerfully into our hearts. I would even venture to say. That God's voice sometimes in our life. Can come. Listen through sarcasm. They're just like no way. How in the world can God be sarcastic? Well, the apostle Paul right in writing to the Corinthians, he says, "Oh, you've already arrived. How I wish you would have arrived." That's sarcasm. In in uh, in, uh, in in Isaiah, he says, "Oh, uh, he says, "Oh, you, you take a you take a, a a tree and then half the wood you use for the fire and the other Half, you carve into an idol and then you pray to it. What kind of sense does that make? That's the voice of God as well. So sometimes even in our own logic, there might be a sense of of, of sarcasm, but then also a kind voice. You know, I love my kids tremendously and I'm not always just kind. Sometimes I have to be quite forceful. In the way i say things right any parents here come or am i the only one but the apostle paul is also forceful when he wrote uh, galatians chapter one he loved the galatians and guy if people had come they were setting the people under the law away from god's love into self-effort and and paul actually writes to the galatians and he says who has bewitched you He says, if anybody else preaches any other gospel than what has been preached to you, even an angel came, let him be accursed. Let him go to hell. That's the voice of love. He says, who has bewitched you before you were walking in liberty with God? You were walking in the very love of God, and now you were walking by faith, and now you are fearful of these people, and you are kind of like having to reform your life. And thinking that God is going to reward you because you are so faithful that rather than God is going to bless you because he is so good. It was strong words and yet they were loving words. As a matter of fact, in Proverbs, one of my favorite verses in the Bible says, Better are the wounds of a friend than the kisses of an enemy. Surround yourself with people that just tell you how wonderful you are all of the time and you will never grow. Surround yourself with people that tell you how bad you are all the time. You might grow, but that's not good either. (laughs) But surround yourself with people that love you and are able to encourage you, but are able to speak the truth to you. And then you can grow healthy. Better are the wounds of a friend than the kisses of an enemy. I think my closest friend, well, I have two Loretta, and I mean it in this context as closest friend. Loretta, she, sometimes I'll be all high, you know, I'm just like, oh, man, life's wonderful. And Loretta just, just, just has this great ability to humble me, you know? It's just like, okay. But the other person that I find quite interesting is, and I've told him this before, it's Bart. You know, Bart has this amazing transparency with me. You know, uh, it's just like, if he thinks something, he's just like, "Ralph, I don't understand this. What about this? And he's very direct. And you know what? I actually appreciate that. It's kinda nice to have people around you that will not just encourage you, but they will challenge you. And the sheep, they reject the voice of strangers, but they're able to hear the voice of the Good Shepherd. One of the things that i wish my I, and i think he does jonathan he's in his teenage years like some of uh other kids in this congregation you know and 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 the teenage years is kind of tough because there's great desires and they're growing up as a man but 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 for him to realize jonathan whatever i i mean sometimes it's, i'm not the good shepherd i'm not but but for the most part i want his good yeah definitely. You know, we, we, we said, hey, hey, Jonathan, you want to do, at one point he goes, I want to do piano. I was like, okay, great. So we organized it with, with Holly. And, 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 and then when it came down to it, it's like, no, no, I don't want to do piano. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do that. And we're like, no, 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 do piano. And then you can also do football and you can also do that. But, but I'm, I'm trying to make decisions with them that are good for him. You see, when I was growing up, my father left when I was five. My mother had to work full time, left me with my grandmother, and my grandmother, oh she she was great. I mean she loved me to bits, but she just was a grandmother, you know, so I just did what I wanted, when I wanted, how I'd done it, with whom I wanted. And it is a miracle that I'm not in prison because most of my friends ended up in prison, one even ended up executed. Because I didn't have a voice in my life that loved me, that didn't flatter me, but loved me to say the good, the bad, and the ugly, because they loved me. Now, don't get any ideas now. always come up to me and I was like, let me be that to Raph. I, I don't need too many of those. You know, just, just a couple will be fine. But how can we hear the voice of God? How do we hear the voice of God? Because at the end of the day, there's, you know, your mind, your hearts are being bombarded every day, 24 hours a day, by voices from different sources. And there are pretty much four sources of the voices that you hear in your head and in your heart. There are four sources. There is the world. In other words, what people say, there is what the devil says, you know, sometimes you get these, have you ever, you ever, you ever get these, these thoughts out of the blue, you know, there are just evil and you're just like, my goodness, where did that come from? There's yourself, you ever talk to yourself? Yeah, there's the voice your voice to you and then there's the voice of God and we kind of have to grow in discernment in which voice is which because Jesus says my sheep they know my voice and they follow me if we are not clear what his voice is like then we cannot follow him I'll give you a very easy example in, in Matthew, Peter said to Jesus, none of these things, as Jesus spoke about going to the cross, none of these things that you say will happen to you, none. And Jesus said, okay. No, Jesus said, get Be behind me, Satan. You only got the, the things of man in mind, not the things of God. And here's a perfectly logical um, desire from Peter. Peter goes, jesus i don't want you to suffer i don't want you to go through these things and you are not going to go through these things and jesus knowing the father knowing why he came to redeem us he sees the big picture and he says oh get behind me don't discourage me from the fact that i've got to go to that cross because without going to that cross there's no redemption of man And so you see that you can have sort of like a worldly mentality that things must always go up, almost always must prosper, that that, that maybe uh, God will never lead us in a way that is not prosperous. You see, Jesus sees the source. And although it would have been easier for him, although it seemed like it was good, it actually... Wasn't good, it was drawing away from the very plan that God had for him. I've got a little video for you. I, I really hesitated to show you, it's almost a scary video. Uh, but here you go. Come on. So, I w-
1: what all oh, you all think smoking kills? <laughs> Let me tell you something. Do you know that the amount of people dying from diabetes are three times as many people dying from smoking? Yet if I pulled a snicker bar, nobody would say anything. (laughs) Do you know that the leading cause of lung cancer is not actually a cigarette? It's your DNA. You could smoke for years and nothing will ever happen to you. This whole war against smoking is just to restrict the farming of tobacco. Mr. "Share, chair, Palo masters and guests. I use these arguments, even though I just made them up. We were going with my friends, and the results? Five of them believed what I said. Two of them started smoking. Words, when said and articulated in the right way can change someone's mind. They can alter someone's belief.
0: When we were listening to it, I could this really? 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 And all of a sudden you're thinking, you're, you're all of a sudden living according to that reality. And then he says, I actually made up the argument. And I kind of wonder how many of us follow made up arguments and how important it is that we learn to hear God's voice, God's word. What voices do I listen to? How can I hear the voice of God? How does God speak to us? Now I have, I think it's six, six ways in which in the way that we hear God, and that I think are very important to us. Number one, He speaks to us by His Spirit. I have a friend, Alejandra, from El Salvador. She went to London to a Buddhist temple. Her husband was a Buddhist, and she was born and raised in a Christian in a in a in a Christian um, nominal Christian home. And as she went to the temple, and she was really into Buddhism, as she went into the temple to worship, uh, all the all the gurus were there, and of course, the picture of Jesus was there. And as she went to that temple, she looked at Jesus, and all of a sudden, in her heart, the Spirit spoke to her and says, You don't belong here. You belong to me. It was the Spirit speaking into her heart. In Acts 13, it says... That as they prayed and as they ministered to the Lord, they, uh, the, the Holy Spirit said, set apart Saul and Barnabas for the work that I have for them. So one of the ways that God, without getting way into it, but one of the ways that God speaks to us is through his Holy Spirit. Even sometimes on a on a Sunday morning, as I'm teaching, uh, uh, the, the 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 I mean, my confidence is not that I have the ability. My confidence is that I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to our hearts. All you have have di- all you guys have different needs, different backgrounds, different things, and and we trust that the Holy Spirit is is speaking to you, dealing with you, wrestling with you. Even if you're not a Christian, the Holy Spirit is, is wooing you, telling you about the goodness of Jesus, the need for Jesus, His great love for you. He also speaks through songs. In 2 Timothy 2, 11-13, it says, For if we died with Him, we shall also live with Him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. We cannot deny himself. That is an ancient song. And Paul takes that song that the church was singing and he just puts it right into his, into his uh, letter. But the point I'm trying to make here is that isn't it true that sometimes, uh, again, it's, it's connect, of course it's connected to the Holy Spirit, but isn't it true sometimes that you go through circumstances? And a tune comes into your heart, into your mind. And all of a sudden, that very tune, you listen to the lyrics and the lyrics are exactly what you needed. A couple of weeks ago, we we, we did, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And then I told you guys that a few months ago, I mean, a few years ago, actually, it was about two years ago, I was really in a desperate situation, very feeling very weak. And I was listening to a an album by uh, a band that i right now i can't remember the name shane and shane and it was psalm 23 the lord is my shepherd and it says he he um he restores my soul and he leads me on for his sake for his name's sake and i tell you what that was food for my soul god was speaking to me just through that basic sentence Sometimes he speaks to us through what we see around in creation or in situations. I remember Peter here, uh, he, was, when he got COVID, he lost everything. It was a big mess and he was anxious. And at one point he says, Raph, I was looking, I was walking down the street and I saw a man holding his little boy's hand. And he says, and I feel like God spoke to me and I said, Lord, I need you to hold my hand like that. Sometimes God speaks to us like that through life around us. Sometimes God speaks to us, and this is through people. Let, let me emphasize this. He speaks to us through people naturally. Why am I saying that? Because sometimes when people start with like, well, the Lord this and the Lord that, I'm just like, hey. I've had my share of that. And I, and I don't despise it, but I'm careful with it. I remember one girl telling me in Bible college, the Lord has told me you're going to marry me. And I remember praying in that instant. It was like a prayer went up. Lord, does it have to be her? <laughs> but sometimes it can be a bit exaggerated. But the most powerful ways that God has spoken me through people was in very natural ways when the people didn't even realize that they were speaking into my life. It's just amazing. Something said, or a verse is shared, or something, but it's very natural the conversation. It's, and it's like, it's, as they're talking to me, I just feel like, oh my goodness, that was straight from the Lord. It is balanced, it is loving, it is kind, it is truthful, it is piercing it is encouraged, it is encouraging, it, it, it it is natural. One of the ways that it happened was when, when I first became a Christian, two days after I became a Christian, the, the Dave Shirley, who became the, uh, the director of the Bible college of Marietta for 25 years in California, he's, uh, when I met him two days after I became a Christian, he says, there's a need for pastors in Spain. And I remember thinking, keep praying, buddy. But it was the first seed. And then when I was in London, Brian, Pastor Brian said to me, Raph, one day, you're going to pastor a church. And I remember thinking, yeah, right. And then I landed here on the island. I'm telling you, uh, a lot of years in between. I mean, it's, it's, well, five years in a five-year period. And then I landed on the island. And this man on the other side of the island, a non-Christian, says to me, you've got to help this man on the other side of the island. And in that moment, I knew it was the pastor of this church. And it's like the, I was being pinned down by the Lord through people unbeknown to them. Of what was happening god speaks to us through people. i remember before i became a christian there was a little girl and uh we i was in a youth group that my friends had taken me there but i wasn't a christian and 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 this girl she must have been about seven eight years old and she said to me Raph, are you a christian and and i and 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 of course i didn't want to break her faith i you know i didn't want to i didn't want to get into anything and i was like Yes, just just to, yeah, I am a Christian. She said, don't lie to me. Alex already told me you weren't.
1: (laughs) And in that
0: moment, I realized, oh my goodness, I just, you know, I got convicted. I got caught. But it was just this girl just being herself that spoke into my life. God speaks to us through Bible verses. I came to Mallorca and I remember that we were really struggling to come and we went to a conference and, and I said to the if you could sum up the whole conference in one word, what would it be? And she said, go. And she didn't know what I was talking about. I was like, my goodness, that's the same word I had in my mind. But then the crazy thing is that I was reading first Samuel 14 and 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 I wasn't sure about whether we should come or we should not come. Uh, and then I read Jonathan and his armor bearer when, when Jonathan said, to his armor bear, hey, let's go over to the other side. It may be that the Lord will work for us. And I remember thinking to myself, it may be. It may be. It wasn't for sure. Jonathan didn't know for sure whether he should do it. It may be. And I couldn't shake the maybe. I thought to myself, if I don't go, I will never know if it was. But if I go and it wasn't, All I have to do is go back. That may be, I couldn't shake it and God spoke to me through that Bible verse. So God speaks to us through Bible verses. But lastly, and most importantly, in my opinion, I think in God's opinion, He speaks to us through the entirety of His Word. Tozer, A.W. Tozer, in his great book, if you ever want to read a good book about growing in your Christian faith, read A.W. Tozer, The Pursuit of God. He says this, the Bible is not an end in itself, but a means to bring men to an intimate and satisfying knowledge of God, that they may enter into him, that they may delight in his presence, may taste and know the inner sweetness of the very god himself in the core and center of their hearts my goodness that bible is there the entirety of the bible is there given to us that we might grow in the knowledge of god into a satisfying knowledge of god that we may taste and know the inner sweetness of the spirit of intimacy with the Lord, not just Jesus in us, but us in Him. Cory Temboom, who was a Christian that was hiding Jews in in, uh, in Holland, um, she was taken into a concentration camp by, a camp by the Nazis when she when they found out that they were hiding Jews. And um, one of the things that she did in going to this concentration camp is she managed to infiltrate a little Bible. If you guys want to watch that, it's called the hiding place, the movie. It's an old movie, but it's a tremendous movie. And you can see this feisty woman after the concentration camp and then everything that she went through. She turned into this incredible, majestic, sweet, God knowing, God loving, God um trusting woman and she wrote these words I've experienced his presence in the deepest hell that man can create I have tested the promises of the Bible and believe me you can count on them. and this one this one you like Justin uh, Peter says want to hear God speak read your Bible Want to hear God speak audibly? Read your Bible out loud. You see, we must know the Bible itself for ourselves. I love you guys coming to listen, and I think it's important. I think I think it's important for me. The great variety of teachers, as well as, as you know, I, I if we can't fly him in, we have also uh, Philip, and we have Chris, and we we have uh, um, we have just Josh, and we have James, and and the, there's different people. And then we had the Gilbert Lennox come over, and and we you know we have people coming over. Why? Because I love you guys having variety of Bible teaching. But i'll tell you nothing beats you reading the bible for yourself nothing beats that, and to know the character of god and it's so subtle these voices you know that come our way because i'm going to tell you a story of of how knowing your bible helps you even in your prayers so we were when i lived in london when we planted this church in london um so we we were literally right behind westminster chapel now westminster chapel it to me is like oh my goodness it's just like a, the dream place i mean g Campbell morgan was a pastor there. one of my favorite teachers and uh and martin lloyd jones the biggest theologian in the 19th century were was uh, preached there and so we were on the other side of it and 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 at that time there was some crazy things going on in there and we were past i mean we were pastoring the church right on the other side i mean it was a school and i remember being in a prayer meeting and we were praying this prayer lord and westminster chapel has lost its glory and Father, we pray, give us that building. We can make better use of it, in the name of Jesus. And then Dave Shirley goes, "No, Lord, that's coveting. That's coveting somebody else's thing. How in the world? You, how in the world can we pray that God would give us what He's entrusted to somebody else?" Sometimes we can spiritualize bad desires. And as, as we know the character of God, I'm going to make this a little, uh, a little bit more. Um, well, well, we'll get into it uh, in a minute. But Haley's Bible commentary, this is another great. Oh, my goodness. Um, see why I didn't finish last week. But Haley's Bible Commentary says this, we are intelligent about everything else in the world. Why not be intelligent about our religion? We read newspapers, magazines, novels, and all kinds of books and listen to the radio and watch television by the hour. There was no internet when he wrote this. Yet most of us do not even know the names of the Bible books. Shame on us. Worse still, the pulpit which could easily remedy the situation, seems often not to care and generally does not emphasize personal Bible reading. Individual, direct contact with God's Word is the principal means of the Christian growth. All the leaders in Christian history who displayed any kind of spiritual power have been devoted readers of the Bible. The Bible is the book we live by Bible reading is the means by which we learn and keep fresh in our minds the ideas that mold our lives. Our lives are the product of our thoughts. To live right, we need to think right. We must read the Bible frequently and regularly so that God's thoughts may be frequently and regularly in our minds, so that His thoughts may become our thoughts, so that our ideas might become conformed to God's ideas so that we may be transformed into God's own image and the image made fit for eternal companionship with our Creator. Our minds transformed as we understand the character of God through the Word of God. One of my favorite Bible studies would have been to walk with Jesus on the road to Emmaus as He began in Genesis and finished in in Malachi, obviously, because Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were not written yet. But he, he, he explained the Scriptures, everything concerning himself. And then they said to each other, did our hearts not burn within us as he explained the Scriptures to us? Listen, guys, knowing our Bibles firsthand is not an option. It's an absolute necessity. Not to be religious, but to grow. Like I said, I don't read my Bible with the things that, my goodness, I've got to do all these things. No, no. I read my Bible as if my father had been the owner of the world and he died and he left it to me. I want to know who I am, what I've inherited, what's the plan. It's a discovery. And in it, we hear the word of God. And here's how to read it. Read, accept the Bible as it is. Read the Bible with an open mind. Read the Bible thoughtfully. Keep a pen near and give regular time to it. He is the good shepherd and he will feed you. He will speak to you. He will set you on a solid foundation and he will guide you. You see, we can hear the voice of our anxieties. We can we can be bombarded by the fear, by, by the no by the voice of our ambitions. And yet what we need to hear is the good shepherd of our lives. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow. It is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And it is so often that I read the Scriptures and as I, 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 as I give my time to it, it's amazing how God searches my own heart. You find yourself... Or maybe you thought you were so good or maybe you thought you were so bad and, and God just gets to the root of it. I had, we had a lady here from Northern Ireland. She got cancer and, and she was a reader and she said, Raph, I used to read all kinds of books. Right now the only thing that's, that is able to speak deeply into my soul is the Word of God. And we must let the plain teaching of the Bible be the guide of our lives. And guys, we have to be very careful when the Bible says, do not use the name of the Lord in vain. It's not talking about cussing. It's talking about vainly putting his name there. The Lord said this. The Lord said that. Sometimes we, sometimes, I mean, let me give you a couple examples of how that would work in my life. Whenever I, 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 Loretta, myself, and the kids, we go somewhere. Everybody has expectations. Jonathan wants to do something adventurous. Arden would just be happy with an iPad. Loretta wants to do something with the family where we're all happy and going somewhere. But imagine if Jonathan said, the Lord told me that we need to do something adventurous. And Arden says, the Lord told me I'm to be on my iPad today. And Loretta says, well, the Lord told me that we are to do none of those things and we're going to go as a family and we're going to have a beautiful time of conversation where everybody opens up and we just grow together as a family. (laughs) You see, that's not solved by the Lord told me. The problem in that situation is solved by Ephesians. Where it says that we were dead in sins and trespasses. We were made alive. When When it tells us that we are adopted, we are chosen. And then it says, therefore, because you are so wealthy, submit to one another. Yield to one another. It says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. You don't need to look for a word from God. You know the principles there. Love your wife. Look out for her interests. Wives, listen to your husbands. Cooperate with your husbands. Children, obey your parents. Fathers, don't provoke your children to wrath. It's not the Lord told me. It's the basic principle of walking in love. By knowing the character of God. Do you see what I'm saying here? I'm not saying that God doesn't speak. And I have situations where the Lord spoke to my heart. But let's be careful that we don't put the Lord on there to nullify the basic principles of walking in love. You know, this, this sort of phrase, I'm waiting for God to speak. That doesn't work in my house. Hey, do the dishes. Florida. I'm waiting for God to speak to confirm if I should do the dishes or not. Get off your rear end now and do the dishes, Loretta would say. You know what I mean? There's a sense that we have to be realistic with this stuff. We have to grow up. Lord, speak to me. Should I eat vegetables today? Or should I eat meat? There's certain things, of course God does those things, of course God speaks to us, but we are called to walk in in the body of the Bible, in the body of the character of God. Imagine, the Lord has shown me that I'm to leave my husband, leave my wife, leave my children how does it match with the character of God and here it says my sheep the sheep hear his voice verse 3 Verse 4, for they know his voice. They will hear my voice, verse 16, and my sheep will hear my voice. Listen, there's a story in the, after the Second World War where they were taking a bunch of, all, they, they were confiscating sheep from all around, from all the territory. And this woman went up to one of the soldiers and said, please, please. Do not take my sheep away. She had about 60 sheep. And she was broken hearted. And that was her livelihood. She says, will you please? And he says, there's too many. There's hundreds upon hundreds of sheep there. How in the world are we going to find out which ones are yours? And the woman shepherd said, that is no problem. She called to them and they all left the multitude and went and followed him (laughs) let's grow all these things of course God speaks to us of course we can say the Lord called me to this of course we can but let's not let that take over let's be people that hear the variety of voice of ways that he speaks to us and we embrace it but let us be founded upon the foundation of God's character of God's word. My sheep, they know me. I call them by name and they follow. Let's pray. Father, we are so grateful, um, that we can even have this discussion or sort of discussion I mean but but no but, but it's because you do speak it is because you are the living God you have not like you say in your word Lord you are not given us ears and you can't hear and you have given us a mouth and you can't speak and you have not given us arms and you're not strong and Father I pray that you would help us Lord teach us to walk with you teach us to know your heart, your voice, your nature. And that when the wicked one comes, Lord, that we will not even give him a second. That we will not allow him to steal from us, Lord. Help us to grow, Lord, in, in in a healthy way with you. And ultimately that we walk in love. Loving you and loving people. What a privilege it is, Lord, to have you so intimately involved in our lives. With your kindness, with your encouragement, even with your rebukes. And Father, cause us to grow. Lord, if anybody here does not know you today, Lord, we pray that you would do a great work in their life. Help them to realize that you don't want to be God out there for them. You want to be in them and them in you. Draw them out by name, Lord. That not when they're here, but wherever they go, you will always be with them, Lord. Help us, Lord, to know you firsthand. In Jesus' name,
1: amen.